This is episode number 83 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in this podcast, we discuss one of our Moedims that has been called out by Yahweh Yahweh for us to observe Yom Kippur. What does it mean? How do we observe it? And why is it so important to the Most High that we observe this particular festival in the string of festivals during this time of our high holy days? That and much more, Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go! This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in, in exile. exile. We are inside of the high holy days. We're in the month of El-Ul, time of reflecting and preparing for the Feast of Trumpets. It's a beautiful Moedim, yeah. And Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur is written in the Hebrew text, in scroll. Yes. And then the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the fall of the year. It's in the seventh month mm -hmm. that these things come into play. So where do we go to understand what this is? And the Day of Atonement is going to arrive on October the 5th. That's right. It's in the middle of the week. Middle of the week. Yes. It's a high holy day. You're to afflict yourself, and you're not supposed to do any work on that day. It is a high sabbatine. It's a Sabbath. It's a, they call high sabbatines. Yeah. Meaning that they fall on different times than the Sabbath itself. Right. So we are in the state of mm. reconciling our lives and getting things right with the Most High during this season and during this time. The Day of Atonement ought to be very important to our people, and that is because between the Day of Atonement and the spring, when Pesach rolls around, we have historically seen a lot of people yeah. die. Yeah, we have. And speaking of being in the High Holy Days, you know, I look to see and I'm noticing that from a jazz perspective J I, listen, I listen to a lot of, I listen to jazz that's what I listen uh, to okay. uh, the jazz world just lost Herbie Hancock we, we, oh really last Monday oh wow and a couple of weeks ago uh, Joey DiFrancesco uh, he passed away so the mm. season the season is open for people passing away Mm. during this time. So yeah. the point of 
honoring what the Father has given us to honor is to guarantee that at least our names are written in the book of life that is, that is handled only by the absolute all-existent one, the Most High, the El, the Mighty One, yeah. whose name is Yahweh. I mean. So, let's look at some texts here in Leviticus, Vayikra. Vayikra chapter, you going to go to 23? Yeah, let's go to 23. All right. And 23, 26. 26. Yeah. In Leviticus chapter 23 and 26, it writes about this particular day, and it reads in this fashion. Yahweh said to Mashe, the 10th day of the seventh month is Yom Kippur, mm -hmm. which is the day of atonement. You are to have a holy convocation. You are to deny yourselves and you are to bring an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Mm -hmm. You are not to do any kind of work on that day because it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Yahweh Eloheka or Yahweh your El. Anyone who does not deny himself on that day is to be cut off from his people. And anyone who does any kind of work on that day I will destroy from among his people. You are not to do any kind of work. It is a permanent regulation through all your generations, no matter where you live. It will be for you a Sabbath of complete rest, and you are to deny yourselves. You are to rest on your Sabbath from evening, the ninth day of the month, until the following evening. Now, hmm. There's language in here that this exile will not allow to happen and the Most High will not, will not execute. That does not mean that because the Most High will not execute it, that it's safe to ignore it. The Correct. language in here, anyone who does any kind of work on that day will be cut off from his people. And the other one is you are not to do any kind of work to permanently blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, so. And it's kind of interesting that you bring, bring that up because as, you, as you're analyzing as the text here, we're giving, or our manuscript, we've been given three man, four mandates to do on that particular day. It's given us a time when we're supposed to observe it, yep. which is well, actually, that's a, that's a component of this, but as far as commandments that uh, overshadow the day on how we're supposed to govern ourselves, it's a holy convocation, so we're all supposed to meet as a group. This is right. not an individual not thing a, no, it's not. by yourself. You, you need to be with a convocate. However, let's think about those individuals mm -hmm. who do not have a congregation to, to congregate with, as mm -hmm. is the case more than likely with many of our listeners that are listening to this. Yeah. And so as we enumerate this and as we read this, 
I want you to wrap your mind around the idea of grace. And I want you to understand the significant purpose of grace. Hmm. Jesus Christ did not usher in grace. The Most High gave to Hebrew Israel this day that is the sixth day, and he calls it grace. Mm-hmm. The reason why grace is so valuable to us is because as we read this particular mitzvot, if we were in the land before in the fifth day, in the day that the, that the Torah was established for Israel, if we were living in that day, or if we were living in the seventh day, which is the millennial or the messianic messianic era, which is the seventh day, which is going to come up uh, as soon as Israel gets her head out of the sand. Right. Then to fail to honor what has been written here in scripture would cause you to be demised. That's correct. Yes. But because we're in the sixth day and we're under grace, the Most High has extended mercy to us because we're in exile and there are things in this exile we cannot do. Right. Now let's go back to something else Mm -hmm. in the text it says. You are to bring an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Well, what, what, what is that offering? You see, we have taken that fire offering and committed it to a, a, a monetary value. Mm-hmm. And so people bring an offering because you hear the word offering, so automatically, without understanding the nature of the text, you think that it's money. It's not money. In Hebrew Israel, what they had to bring before the Most High was a animal sacrifice Hmm. that would be offered on the altar and burn up on the altar completely as an offering before 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 the Most High. So the text is not talking about money, it's talking about a animal sacrifice, which we'll get to as we look further, uh, further as we go back in the book of Vayikra and see just what this particular day is because the Yom Kippur is also the day of atonement, which was annual in Israel for which the Kohanim offered up two animals no, as yeah. sacrifices for the sins of not only the Kohanim, his house and his family, but for the whole nation of Israel. Hmm. So we, we have, we have this particular, this particular text. So yeah, the question becomes one, well, what makes the day of atonement so significant in exile? Well, there's two reasons. There's a, well, there's one reason when, one main reason which I've already stated, and that is annually, the Most High gives us a year to live and walk by his mitzvot, his rules, and his regulations. He gives us a year. Mm -hmm. 
uh, within the within the embodiment of that year, if we violate one of the mitzvotes or the instructions that he's given us, and we're knowledgeable of it, if we were in the land, it would also cost a, 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 an animal's life to atone for our negligence. That's going to be the case once again when we get in the land in the Messianic era. However, when you and I willingly, with knowledge and forethought, intentionally violate the Most High's commands and instructions as he's given here that are significant to him, it will cost you your life. Life, yeah. So in this exile, you can understand the nature of what grace is all about. Right, right. So you have this offering now. uh, I know that the Christian church uses every occasion (laughs) to cross the street into our text and find a reason to collect some money. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's not really about money. However, uh, in Devarim, what is it, 16 and 16? Um, he says, he tells us there in Devarim the, 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 the times that we're supposed to come and come before him and to bring. Yep, right there. It says three times, Devarim 16 and 16 says uh-huh. three times a year. Three times a year, all your men, all your men are to appear in the presence of El or Yahweh, your El, in the place which he will choose mm-hmm. at the festival of Matzah. Matzah. At the festival of Shavuot. Shavuot. And the festival of Sukkot. And the festival of Sukkot. Yeah. And it goes on to say they're not to show up empty handed yeah. and so on and so, so forth. So those are three festivals that are definitely required for us to not show up. And, he, and, and finish that. Finish, why don't you finish that? That's because he says you're supposed to bring as you have been uh, blessed, I think, or something. Or, Finish that text for me. Okay. So, um, technology over here, 16 and 16, back to it real quickly. Like, there we go. So, uh, it goes on to say, if I'm picking up a uh, latter part of uh, yep. 16, it says they are not to show up empty-handed. before Yahweh empty handed. Verse 17 says, but every man is to give what he can in accordance with the blessing that Yahweh, your L has given you. Okay. So those, those three are about bringing worth or mm-hmm. bringing something that you value that the Most High has blessed you with. Mm-hmm. This one here, uh, Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, is not that kind of a instruction. I thought it may have had it in there. I don't remember, but it mm. doesn't. This one here just simply asks you that you are we're to deny ourselves and to bring an offering by fire that would have been an animal sacrifice to a, to uh, atone for our individual sins. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go to <clears throat> Vayikra or Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 
verse number, we'll start at verse number five. Verse number, the, the verses above simply talk about how the Kohanim are supposed to, supposed to uh, dress and uh, what's supposed to happen in the holy place and so forth and so on behind the curtain. But now we get down to verse five. It talks about what the Kohanim is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He is to take from the community of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Aharon is to present the bull for the sin offering, which is for himself, make atonement for himself and his household. He is to take the two goats and place them before Yahweh at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then Aharon is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for Yahweh, the other for Azel. Aharon is to present the goat whose lot fell to Yahweh and offer it as a sin offering. Okay. But the goat who fells, whose lot fell to Azel, he is to be presented alive to Yahweh to be used for making atonement over it by sending it away into the desert. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Aharon is to present the bull of the sin offering for himself to make atonement for himself, his household. He is to slaughter the bull, the sin offering which he himself. He is to take, and so it goes on and on and on in terms of what is supposed to happen on this day of atonement. Mm-hmm. So the significance, the significance of the day really centers around the idea that Atonement has to be made for our sins that we involuntarily uh, make towards what the Most High's instructions have instructed us to do in in reference to him and to each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what this particular day is, is, is about. Now, you have a very, a very... I think I don't know how I phrase this. You have insight in relationship to why the Most High is asking us to deny ourselves, which is to fast. Correct. Yeah, there is um, on my journey with trying to uh, and better myself and my diet and get in tune with the Most High and how He has prescribed uh, a life of 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 purity and how the uh, uh, the things that have been placed in the earth are here to help us heal ourselves. Um, my journey took me to uh, Bereshit, which is chapter uh, uh, book. The book of Bereshit is uh, Genesis chapter one, verse 29. And in there, it says that uh, you're supposed to have every seed bearing plant and every seed bearing tree as food. And as I'm looking through this and I'm doing my research on this, um, I'm, I'm doing all kinds of things to help my body understand how it works. And one of those things that I came across was this issue of fasting, because I know back in the old church, we had that whole entire thing about we're going to fast and we're going to fast for the building fund and we're going to fast for little Johnny to, to get this demon off of him and all this other kinds of stuff for things that we want. And we've taken fasting completely out of context and put it in a religious realm but as I did my research on fasting and the science behind it, uh, one of the things that fasting does, 
there's a couple benefits that come from it. And I'm going to try to be brief because this is a very robust topic. And I know a lot, it interests a lot of people in this day and age. But the science behind fasting, which was interesting because it only went to go and prove what the Most High has set in place for his people for a very, very long time, is that you get really a couple benefits out of it. You get human uh, uh, health or human growth hormone. And what that does is it, one of the benefits of fasting is, is, is achieving this, is that it allows you to have a, a youthful skin. Um, another thing that you get out of fasting, obviously, is one of the biggest great benefits is weight loss. Uh, another benefit is um, this regenerative state that your body goes through um, in regenerating stem cells. So if you fast over a particularly longer period of time or extended fasting, you get uh, stem cell regeneration. But then also what the biggest, kind of one of the biggest hidden benefits is, and science will, will back this up, and you can go look this up on YouTube or look this up on your, um, up on the internet, is the mitochondria that's in the cell. What happens when you fast is that your body starts exterminating all of the impurities that are in the body. And as it's going through this process, it gets down to the mitochondria that's in the cell and it eats all of the, again, the impurities that are there. So it's what it's going to do is start expelling all of these toxins out of your body and then create regeneration within the body. So once I actually came to the revelation or it was revealed to me through the advent of science of what fasting does, I said, my goodness, look at what the most high has prescribed for us to do on this particular day. And it is appropriately associated with the day of atonement, which is a day of cleansing yeah. for us, yeah. not yeah. only from a level of inadvertent sin that we have committed that the most high wants us to be cleansed of, but the most high wants us to fast in the event that we, he's cleaning us at a cellular level. So not only is it something that's uh, for your mind and how you're to teshava in turn and be clean from the things that have made you unclean in the sight of the Most High that you may not have known, uh, known about, but it also cleanses your body from a physical standpoint so you can be, uh, uh, so the Most High can, you can be cleansed from internally and grow and grow that way. So you have this day where, again, on the on the ninth. So let's let's put it in its proper context because I'm glad that this is another thing that's the the, the beauty of being a part of Hebrew Israel and being a part of the empire is that it talks about specifics in our text. You see how when we read this, we had four criteria that yeah. we're supposed to do. Yeah, it's defined when it's supposed to start. Right. Okay. When it's supposed to end. Yep. And what we're supposed to do to remember and the consequences when we get matriculate back into the land, once we execute it in its totality, what will happen? Right. It's all specific. And so in dealing with the specifics of it and understanding the specifics of it, I just marvel at the fact that, again, there's clarity that's brought to this particular day, but we're asked to start it at a specific time, which is in the evening. So on the night when the sun hits the horizon, we're starting that fast. And it's a, like you had eloquently put when, we, when you did the teaching here on it, it's a 24 hour fast. So we're gonna matriculate through the evening. It's gonna go through the, the night. It's gonna be all day. And then when the sun hits the horizon again on the 10th, that's when 
it's over with. Right. So when we look at all the specifics of what's happening here and then getting back to the point which you, you set me out to, to talk about is there is a scientific cellular regeneration and cleansing that happens that the Most High has put in your body already upon which you're going to experience if you can withstand not eating for a 24-hour period, you will have that cellular regeneration. You'll have the mitochondria cleansing at a cellular level. You'll have the focus that you need to have because when you fast for that particular time, your, your mind, your cognitive ability tends to be focused on one thing and that's why you want to keep your mind on text in the most high that particular day and turning from the things and it really gives you that focus to do that so the most high has set our bodies up in a fashion to to uh uh what's the word for lack of eloquence it's it's setting your body up to be successful enough to partake into the totality because these other festivals that we have even though you're supposed to put your mind in that particular situation, this is something physically you're doing to your body right. in order to put you in the space right. to receive the things that the Most High has for you that day. Now, the next question is, well, if I'm going through a total fast, can I drink water? No. Okay. Now, <laughs> we're confronted with some things that you're going to be, you're going to encounter in a 24-hour fast. Oh, yeah. Now, remember, this doesn't happen until um, October the 5th is the Day of Atonement. So I think it's the 4th. Yes. Thank you for correcting me because I know some people were saying we said it happens on. You said it was on the on the 5th. So yes. it happens on the evening of the 4th. So to our, our listening audience, I retort and retract my statement on the date. I was incorrect. It starts on the evening of the 4th. Thank you. But it goes to the evening right, of the 5th. Right, but it's 10 days after the after, day, after the day, after oh, the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets, correct. Which happens on the 26th of September. Correct. I believe. Now, here's the thing that you're going to be confronted with, and it's going, and I want, I, 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 I remember, I said, where are we? We're in exile. Mm -hmm. What do we receive? We receive grace. Yeah. Now, if you haven't been practicing fasting to begin and try to do a 24-hour fast on, on the drop of a hat is and can be a little difficult. Um, one of the things that happens when people uh, go through hunger and they're hungry is they tend to get rather cranky. Yes. And that's a natural, that's a natural uh, occurrence. Mm -hmm. The second thing that happens is that you will encounter a headache. Yes. So if you haven't been building up towards this, trying to do a 24 hour fast is going to be a little difficult. Yeah, it, and it will be. It, it's something that you need to to ramp up to. Um, and what it's funny because I'm an avid faster, and the thing that I like to tell people is that in order to cope with the the issue of fasting is to keep yourself busy. 
do something to take your mind off it. So usually I work out or I do something. You would th- you think that's counterintuitive. It's like you're fasting and you should be hungry. But trust me, your body knows what it's doing. And what's interesting on this particular day, which makes it a little arduous, is because it's a day of rest. So I can't recommend, okay, Joe, do something to take your mind off of fasting because it is prescribed and it is specific in a text that says you are to rest. So it's something definitely, like you're saying, to piggyback on what you're saying, it's you got to ramp up to this. It's not, it is going to be a little tough if you're going to do a cold turkey and just say, I'm not going to eat for 24 hours and not have anything passed through my mouth. Now, there's another thing that's critical to this particular um, mitzvot. We are in exile and our bodies are afflicted with different kinds of problems that require medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, in no, this in no ways uh, tells you that set your medications aside and don't take them. Right, yeah, we don't want, you we're know, not teaching, we're not we're, expressing we're not, that either. We're, we're not all. teaching that. We're, we're in exile and grace is going to be afforded to you. So Absolutely. the issue is with this, is to make the effort and do the best that you can. So if you are required to take medication and you have to take it with food, well then you got to take it with food because it's, that's what you're, and, be, and the other aspect is, is in this exile, our bodies haven't been changed yet. When we get in the land, our bodies are going to be changed. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it won't be nearly uh, to the constraint that it is. And you have to remember something that's very peculiar to Hebrew Israel. Israel was in the land mm-hmm. when this, when these instructions were given to her and they were surrounded by the opulent, uh, absolute divine spirit of the Most High that gave them the ability to do what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And if they walked by the, by the Most High's instructions, they, they didn't get sick. Right. That's right. That's so right. we have to take <clears throat> all <clears throat> of those things into consideration as we get ready to uh, honor this particular day. Uh, I'm going to tell you from experience, uh, you're going to be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get a headache. That's right. Uh you're going to want to sip some water. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, if that's the case that you need to do, then remember, all the Most High asks us to do in this ex- ex- exile is to make the honest effort. And I think it, that right there is wisdom. That is wisdom. That's probably the most astute thing that if you don't get anything else out of this, for those that are listening, it's the it's the honest effort to yeah. put your, your mind to, to go into this. And that's the whole entire thing is, is like we were saying, you want to try to ramp up, you do the best you can in order to prepare yourself to enter into this, this particular time, because you know, what's required of us at that particular time. And we're again, in the, in the opulent words and, and eloquence of, of Alan Iverson, this is, this is practice. This is practice. And, and, and this is our opportunity afforded to us to practice and get it right, and little by little, you'll get there. You'll get there, right. Yeah. And, re- and then following, <clears throat> following the, the, the Day of Atonement, uh, on the heels of that comes the uh, oh, yeah. festival 
of Sukkot, yeah. which is the festival or the season of joy. Oh yeah. After we've gone through the time of afflicting ourselves, then there comes this season of joy in which that he asks us, and it's written there in, um, in um, Leviticus uh, 23, mm-hmm. Let's get to it here. Now, while you're doing it, I want to make mention of staying on the uh, the idea of fasting. When when you go ahead and break your fast, if you're able to last that long, you want to do it with something that's very light. Uh, you don't want to eat anything heavy. You want to make sure you're doing it with some type of soup. Take it easy. Your body's going to need those types of, of good bacteria and enzymes that you're going to introduce back into it. So a lot of green vegetables uh, and things are, are like uh, fruits that are uh, uh, filled with uh, uh a lot of water, like watermelon, that's a good one to break your fast with. I've also heard, you know, like rice cakes and those types of things that are very light. So when you when you decide to come out of it, uh, when the sun hits the horizon on the the at the beginning of the evening on the ninth, I mean on the on I keep saying the ninth on the fifth. Yeah, and so when we come up to it, we're going to come up to 15 days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get and it's going to be in October. Uh, let's see here. And that's a seven day festival with a holy convocation. And correct me if I'm wrong on the first and first day and the seventh day or the first day and the eighth the day. The first day and the eighth day. Eighth day. Okay. Uh, they are holy convocations to gather. Mm-hmm. And um, goodness gracious. Let's see what we got here. Back it up here. Sukkot is on the 17th of October. It starts on Monday, I think it is. Okay. Let's see here. No, so when I had it no, started, no, I'm no, looking up no. up here on my, it starts, starts on October 9th. That's why I maybe came getting, I'm thinking of Sukkot. I'm showing October 20th, 9th to the 16th. To the 5th. It's like a Sunday to Sunday thing. It's not? You sure? Well, we'll see. You know how yeah, we check yeah. it. It's the uh, 9th of October. Now, how are we coming up with these days? I know we look, we're looking online, but the official way to actually look this up is you guys got to understand when that Rosh Chodesh is. That Rosh Chodesh kicks off, and that is, that's why we got to be cognizant of where the new moon is because the new moon starts the time when you actually start counting. So... If anything, at the end of the day, we're doing our research online and on, on Google, which is which is fairly close, if not pretty accurate. But it is from you start counting from that lunar calendar and that will give you the date. But we're trying to do it so the it goes, quick and dirty way. It goes seven days. You have a holy convocation on the first day. Mm-hmm. You have a holy convocation on the seventh day. Right. Okay. The eighth day, he the the issue is he asked the question, can you remain one additional day, mm. which is the eighth day right. of of Sukkot. Right. But during that during that week, uh, it's a week of celebration. Uh, if you have friends that you can group with and and have a um, have a uh, you know you, you you know you know you know something. What's that? You know, you know what Hebrew Israel did. <laughs> yeah, we 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 got together. We parted. Hebrew Israel barbecue. Yes, they did. 
we we know how to barbecue. They were outside, so they barbecued. They oh, yeah. roasted and they barbecued, cooked and they cooked their food outside. Yes, sir. And they slept outside. Now, yes, sir. I, I got to tell you something about the Feast of Sukkot that's different in exile than it is in the land. Mm. This time of year in the land, it starts to get warm. Ah, so right. it's in Africa, in the continent of Africa, it's kind of summertime in their in our fall of the year, and in our spring of the in their in our spring and summer, it's rainy. Mm. Okay, so if we were in the land, uh, it would be comfortable for you to be outside and sleeping in a tent or a sukkah. In this exile, oh, in the various yeah. places that we live, it's cold. Oh yeah, yeah, and and it's not it's not conducive in, in, in all parts. And plus the fact we live in this blacktop jungle. Right. So it's really quite difficult for us to live in sukkahs uh, in this exile. Once again, I retort to the aspect of the fact that we're, we're living under grace. The mm -hmm. Most High knows that there are things that he's instructed us to do that are permanent throughout all our generation, wherever we live. Mm -hmm. He recognizes that it's, it's going to be difficult for us to uh, to apply and walk as he's asking us to walk because the conditions aren't conducive for it. That's correct. So that's kind of what's going on mm -hmm. uh, that we're confronted with that we wanted to bring to the fore of your attention so that you would know that these, we call them, they're Moedines and they're uh, seven I think there's seven more deems uh, that were that were that we referenced mm -hmm. with Pesach, which is Passover, uh, Feast of Matzah the day after Passover. Uh, then we go to Shavuot, uh, and after Shavuot we go to uh, where we are now, Yom uh, Feast of Trumpets, and then the Day of Atonement, and then to uh, the um, Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles, yeah. So those are the Moedims that are written in the book of, uh, of Vayikra. Oh, the other Moedim happens to be keeping the Sabbath uh, yeah. every every Sabbath. As a matter of fact, chapter 23 opens with that, with that uh, requirement. So we just wanted to bring this to your to attention and so that you would know what these are. So you can read about these in... Uh, Leviticus or Vaikra chapter number 23, uh, where he enumerates them and gives the time frame for all of these Moedims to happen. Well, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Homan Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.